0: Hi there, I'm Eric Wordweaver Shervin, Gothi of the Red folk here in East Texas, and I'd like to welcome you to the Raven's Call. This is a show where we ramble on about where I ramble on about different heathen-related subjects, just kind of whatever strikes my fancy, sets my mind on fire at the time. Big UPG warning at the beginning of this, like always. Uh, these are just my views, how I see the world and how I interact with it. And uh, these conversations are not meant to be the end-all, be-all of anything. They're just conversation starters uh, to hopefully get you thinking about things in a different way or you know, bring to light some things maybe you hadn't thought of before. I don't know. Uh, if anything, maybe just to have a fun conversation. So uh, all my contact information is down below. You guys know the drill on that one. And then um, I've got an ETH meetup coming up this Saturday. Uh, so that'll be it. Uh, southside park in tyler texas for those in the east texas area it's 9 a.m to noon to try and beat some of this heat Um, because even though we're not peaking hundreds yet we're still you know muggy and sweaty and nesty so trying to do it a little earlier in the day to beat some of that and uh, it works out okay without any further ado let's go ahead and jump into today's subject now today's subject was a viewer request Um, it's from a couple of different sources, so I didn't tag a specific name. But uh, feel free to identify yourself in the comments if you're one of the ones that wrote this in. Um, but one of the things that I've had asked about on a couple of occasions is the idea of, you know, what Gefrain and luck look like in a day-to-day basis. How can you see the effect of those things? And what does it look like when you're interacting with people and you see manifestations of your Gefrain and your luck at work? You kind know, of the practical, pragmatic element of, uh, of luck and weird. And I've talked before about you know the way things work, you know, like when your luck is strong, things tend to work out for you. Um, when your Gefrain is strong, people are there for you kind of thing. And we've talked before about what Gefrain and what luck are. If you haven't seen those videos, go back and watch them. Uh, I'm not gonna belabor that too much because we'll end up going an hour long and it's just not worth rehashing when it's already there but um, essentially with refrain being tied to your reputation being your standing with those around you refrain is your your how you rank in the eyes of others um, based on your deed based on your actions based on the patterns that you've exhibited this manifests in a lot of ways in the day-to-day life when you're going through and you are when friends will smile and say hi, when someone thinks of you and reaches out and says hey I saw this and thought of you I mean those are little little nods to Gefrain. Um, Those are little indicators that Gefrain is strong and that you've got a connection with people. You see it with your interactions with people when you meet up with someone you're genuinely excited to see them and you genuinely enjoy your interactions you guys have built some strong Gefrain with one another that's one of those times where things are. You feel that this is a good person. This person is strong. I can trust this person and I enjoy their company. You know, I, I see good things from them. And it's that positive regard is a, a, one of the elements of how Giframe manifests. Another way that frame manifests is, uh, like, for instance, if you look at like um, your credit limit, you know, your your credit score, how your credit score reflects your payment history and things like that, Gefrain is kind of that for your overall deeds and actions. It reflects to other people around you uh, how credit worthy you are and how much they can trust in you and how much they can can support or, you know, trust in you to support them. And as you do things that help to reinforce that, that number goes up and up and up. So this plays out in a number of ways I see it a lot with things like your work history okay if you're going out you're doing good things you do good deeds in your work and your you put in the effort and you are well renowned for doing what you do Strong Gefrain in a practical pragmatic application sees that when you go to apply for another job or you go out and try to Advertise, shill your business, you know, you try to sell your services. Uh, that's a good way to see a manifestation of that kind of process at work because people will then look at your deeds, they'll measure your worth, and then you will reap the benefits of that. And so you've got Get frame manifesting on a professional level with that kind of thing. You've got it manifesting with your financial elements because that is credit score is a measure in that fashion of how well you are going to handle your financial elements and what your deeds and actions are with regards to payment history and things like that. It directly affects whether or not these individuals trust you to lend money to you, uh, to support you in financial endeavors, things like that. So there are some straight-up practical, pragmatic applications when it comes to Gefrain. From a personal level, refrain is when you need somebody to talk to and you've established frith with someone you've established you know strong refrain there uh, they're more likely to listen they're more likely to be there for you when you need that shoulder to lean on to talk to when you need to move and you call up your friends or those individuals with whom you have strong relations and you say hey i need some help moving some furniture can you guys help me Gefrain pays out and they will come in and they will assist. Uh, man, it's, it's, it's wide and varied across the board. So you see it in the reactions of others. You see it in your how you're received by them. And it doesn't necessarily directly pertain to your overall integrity. Um, one of the issues that I see with people is they mistake Gefrain and Worth for your integrity. And I've done a video on the difference between integrity and worth before. Go back and watch that one if you want a decent breakdown on that. But um, integrity, integrity is internalized. It is your own sense of self-worth. Um, worth in a heathen context is the measure of your value to society, your value to that other person. It's about the sh- your, what you bring to the table in your interpersonal reactions. Interactions, sorry. And Gefrain uh, is kind of a measure of the strength of your relationship with that individual or that group. And that is, it's, it manifests through their response to uh, how you, what you bring to the table, what value you bring to that interaction. And you do the same thing for them. You measure their Gefrain by how much they bring to the table and how much they do. It's that reciprocal action that, uh, reciprocal obligation that I've spoken about in uh, social contracts before. It's easy to look at things from one-sided because we tend to think about things from the self-centered, not in the negative connotation of that, but in the just from self outwards. We're looking at what worth we bring, what value I add to these, and I have to prove that. Well, these people have to prove that to you too. So you see Gefrain play out on a day-to-day basis probably more heavily from your own interactions to other people. How do you react to these individuals? Do you trust this person? You know, If a person comes up and wants to hold a conversation but you don't trust this individual and so you try to get out of that conversation as quickly as you can or you only give them lip service, well, that's a manifestation of Gefrain at work right there, boom. They have established to you that they are untrustworthy and they give you the heebies and you don't want to interact with them. So you pull back from that and you distance yourself from that. So you can see that. Or, you know, you see, you know, your friend calls and you're like, oh, I need to answer this. This is my friend. I want to interact with them. That's showing the refrain that you've built up with that individual and the worth that they have established to you. Uh, you then go, hey, this person is important to me. I want to give them the time that they are due so that we can continue to maintain this relationship. So that's another way that giframe plays out. These, the measure of these interactions, the measure of these relationships can be seen also from your inner self outwards when you look at, like, companies. Like, if you've had a company that's done you wrong and you won't do business with them anymore, boom, refrain. Uh, somebody has, you know, provided ill service at a restaurant. Uh, you got bad food, things like that. You are measuring the deeds, the out, the, the in the understood reciprocal relationship that you have with this restaurant. You, they understand that you are giving them money for their service, but their service does not meet the understood obligation of being quality and good, um, and maybe hygiene wasn't kept up, maybe you saw ropes crawl across the floor, it's happened to me before. Um, all kinds of things. And that impacts whether or not you're willing to do business with that particular restaurant again. Same thing with companies. If you get, sorry about the background noise, we're right on the highway, and somebody decided they wanted to be loud. Same thing with other companies. If you get poor customer service, you're less likely to go back and do business with that company again. So your interactions with them, just whether or not they're amiable, whether or not they, you feel like they listen to you, whether or not you have positive interactions with them impacts your willingness to continue to do business. The product may be good, but if the interaction and the personnel are unsavory, you're not going to want to come back to that. You know, you may, they, this may be a place that has something that you need, but there's another place that did treat you right and then took care of you. Maybe their price is a little bit higher, but you'd sure rather do business with them than go to this one where you know you're not going to get the service and support that you need. So, these kind of things play out intertribally, they play out interpersonally, as we have our interpersonal gefrain that we build up, but our tribes also have an established gefrain themselves. Like when I go out and do things as a representative of Ridgar, that, that influences other people with their opinion towards Ridgar. And when we do that as a group and we build good gefrain for Ridgar as a whole, then all of the members of Ridgar benefit from that. If I go out and I prove that Ridgar is good and strong and that uh, we're trustworthy and that we're people that can be relied on when, like, we do events or something like that, then people will lean on us more uh, and know, you know, hey, this is a member of Ridgar. I haven't had direct interactions with them, but I know Eric and I know he picks good people, and so I'm going to extend that trust to these people. And that's when you get into the tribal dynamic of Gifrain. And you see a willingness to support or trust or accept those individuals, you give them the benefit of the doubt because they are associated with this group and they are benefiting from that gift frame. This is tied into luck, strong luck. You know, when you've got that store of luck, that luck energy that has built up through deed and action, it pays out through that positive interaction with others. It directly manifests through gift frame. And so, if you have a strong tribal luck developed and you go forth, like if I send someone out to represent Ridgar and I send them with the luck of the tribe, one, I'm very much trusting them to treat this luck well and to not damage it when they go out into the world by doing ill deeds or misrepresenting the tribe in some way, shape, form, or fashion. There's a delicate balance there. So it's a major honor when I send them out with the luck of the tribe and say, go out for Ridgar and make us proud. Uh, Because that is, you know, I'm I'm saying, here's, go with our luck and uh, benefit from it, but treat it well. Build on it and develop it and then bring it back so the rest of the tribe can benefit from it as well. So let's say that I've got a member that's going to go up and spend some time with the tribe up north, right? And I say, go with the blessings of Ridgar, go with my luck and show well for us. And then they go up there and they have a fantastic time. They interact well with the host, they're good guests, they're helpful, they jump up and volunteer to do things, they're not just a drain on the event, but they actually give something back. There's a lot of that reciprocal give and take. That's going to leave a good impression on those hosts, which is going to reflect well on Ridgar as a whole. We go with our luck, the strong luck, we reinforce that luck, and it manifests through that strong gift frame. And so In the future, if I have interactions with their chieftain or something like that, I can call up to memory, Hey, um, you know you guys hosted one of my tribesmen a couple of months back, and uh, they spoke very highly of you. I sing their praises to show the strong refrain that they've built with us by being goodly hosts to my people. And then we start off on a good foot in our interactions. We understand that there's this established obligation to each other through this built gift frame, you know, this. And it's not like a hard set obligation like frith level obligation, it's a softer obligation. It's more the obligation to hear the person out and then maybe look upon their request favorably depending on the level of frame that's built up. If you've got a lot of strong good frame built up, they're going to be very favorable to whatever your request is and uh, more than likely they will acquiesce. So, it just depends on the specifics and the kind of the context of everything that's built up at that point. Uh, you'll see other things manifest with luck too, because luck, well, Gefrain is an interpersonal thing. Luck is the spiritual energy uh, that is built up through these positive deeds, through these actions. Gefrain is a manifestation of it in interpersonal relationships. But luck itself will manifest in day to day interactions as well. If your luck is strong because you're doing the things that you need to do, you'll see it manifest in ways of being able to pay your bills, um, being able to keep food on the table, being able to have a roof over your head and keep things comfortable for your people. Um, you know, when you've got strong luck, You don't necessarily think about the fact that you've got strong luck unless you actually stop and think about it. It's far more noticeable when your luck has taken a negative turn because, you know, rough things are happening. And that's out of the norm. And then that, even if it carries on to become the norm because of established, you know, luck has turned, things are going ill for a while, uh, that can be turned around. But uh, you see it by things going well, and that's normal. You know, it's not like you're going to get some huge windfall. It's not like you're going to win the lottery or something like that. It's not dumb luck. It's not happenstance. It is... Strong luck means being able to do well in your day-to-day. It means being able to maintain your safety, your well-being, and your people. A good, strong, lucky individual has the ability to provide for themselves, their Engarth, their tribe, and to play their part. This will ebb and flow. It's not always there. You know, you're going to have strong, stronger manifestations of luck at certain times and lesser at others. There's a number of things that can play into this. Uh, ties to the ancestors, whether or not you're keeping your relationship strong there. Mostly, it plays into whether or not you are making good, bright choices, because those will directly influence your luck. The philia may pull back on the tribal, on the familial luck a little bit, if you're making stupid decisions, they're going to be like, hmm, this guy's going to damage the family luck. We're going to pull back a little bit. We're going to see if he learns his lesson, corrects his behavior, and acts right. If he doesn't, then we're going to pull back and let him kind of float on his own because he's going to be toxic to the well. And so there's there are times like that. But you got to be pretty toxic to, to chase off the philgey. It can be done, though. There's mentions of it in the lore. So it's not in, not unheard of. It's a thing. So, the luck... Luck taking a sour turn is not necessarily a you've been cut off from the family thing, but it could be an indicator that you need to do some things to help turn that around. You may need to go out and do some positive work. You may need to do more for others. Uh, You may have pulled in too much. You may have pulled back from society too much and haven't kept up your you know, reciprocal obligation within your social structures, and so you may be feeling a little cut off. Through those ties and interactions of tribe, we keep those bonds strong. And I find, from personal experience, that my luck is... I I feel the flow of my luck better when I'm able to keep those relationships strong. If I don't let the grass grow too tall, and I'm able to keep the, the tribal ties good and strong, As a whole the health of the tribe is good it's stronger now there will be hard times that's not a manifestation of luck the hard times are gonna come that's more happenstance you know getting hit by a tornado nothing you can do about that Um, you know things that are in the control of other people um, not a lot you can do about that sometimes it's a, a, a result of having trusted the wrong individual and instilled a certain amount of your luck into that and then losing that as a result of a bad choice. But again, that's a bad choice on your part uh, to have trusted this individual that then betrayed you. That is a whole delicate thing. It's a sticky thing. It is not simple black and white. Uh, Shades of gray, you've got to take gambles on people. Otherwise, you won't get anything because if you don't gamble on people, you won't gain the positive luck that you would get from these positive interactions with these good folk. Um, you got to take a risk now and again. It's just kind of part and parcel with the whole deal. So, luck, the hard things that happen, luck manifests in those by your ability to handle those things. Like, for instance, when we got hit by the tornado and I was able to, one, we turned out okay. um, Thank the gods for that. It was... The results of that were pretty dodgy and could have gone very, very differently with the change of one or two variables, Uh, very minor variables that could have drastically changed the outcome of that. And We might not have been okay in the end, but we were. And because of my actions and because of my deeds, I had good gefrain built up with a number of good folk that helped come to our rescue when we had to evacuate all of our things out of this now shambled house and that was a direct manifestation of luck. That was a direct manifestation of deeds and actions and the power and energy that I built up through those deeds and actions over years, and it was a positive payout when I needed it desperately. Positive luck can be um, things working out, like having the insight to see the right course of action when things go left, and that's, that's the luck part of, you know, here's a possibility. Here's the right choice. It's up to you whether or not you take the correct action to benefit from that, to take that right course of action. And if you don't, it's direct causality. There's a lot of causality in luck and Gefrain, um, especially when it comes to you know your deeds and actions and the impact that those have on your interactions with others, on the flow of your luck energy. Uh, why is men keep a head on their shoulders? <laughs> um, there's a lot of talk in like the Hava Mall and things like that about being mindful and being there in the moment, making good choices, trusting but not trusting too much, uh, things like that. Uh, moderation, moderation, moderation. Uh, that's a, one of the key elements to the Hava Mall, the whole damn thing. If I could boil it down to kind of a core element, it would be Moderation. Moderation and trust, moderation and drink, moderation and, you know, your length of stay, things like that, all kinds of stuff. So, uh, moderation and mindfulness. Mindfulness is a heavy thing with it. So you have these interactions, you have this luck built up, and you do good things. You go out, you strive hard, you work hard, and that manifests through being able to keep a job. Um, And... One of the things that people struggle the most with when it comes to luck is that they're not honest with themselves about their choices and their actions. They're either overly negative about the impact of their actions, and they don't take into account the free will and actions of other individuals that had an impact on their situation, and they'll take a negative turn as a, an, an indicator that their luck has turned. And that's not necessarily how it pans out. That's happenstance. That's not luck. The fact that these things turned bad, um, your strong luck is that you're able to bounce back from it, that you're able to keep going, keep your head up and keep moving. And that's a, that's a thing. That's a very strong thing. It's a very important thing. People are also not honest with themselves when it comes to how their actions lead to certain outcomes. And I see that a lot in the psych field about people displacing blame. Um, You know, if things go left at a job, obviously it's the job's fault. It's not my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. Whereas if you slowed down and actually thought about it, uh, it could be an attitude thing. It could have been a poor choice in coming to work on time, uh, work ethic. It could be any number of these things. But an individual may not be cued into that and they may not have the healthiest of self-views within that respect. It may be artificially inflated and uh, not accurate in in its actual application. Uh, They may be blind to their own negative energies that they've brought to these particular interactions. Um, and, And there's, when it's that way, you start down a spiral and it does then begin to affect your luck because you're making poor choices and you're not doing right by owning up and fixing those things to right the ship, as it were. Um, you end up with a lot of that and the whole rugged individualist idea. Um, I'm not not bound to anybody. I'm not beholden to anybody. It's like, eh, you're still part of a society. And if you actively act against the society, if you're antisocial, if you actively act against and rail against the society around you, then the society around you is not going to be there for you when you need it. If you are actively tanking your gefrain with the individuals around you then no they're not going to give you a deal no they're not going to come when you need the call Uh, they're they're just not they're not going to be there for you and that's a direct result of your actions and deeds Uh, whereas if you build up your relationship and you do your part that's half the battle it's not the whole thing it's half the battle because then you have to weigh how they respond to those things if you have strong frame built up with someone and then the call goes out and you don't answer or you you can answer but you don't or you answer in a negative light um, leave them high and dry as it were uh, it's one thing if you've got like they call to say hey i'm moving this weekend i really need help and you're like well i've got family stuff going on i really can't commit myself to that because i've got clan first well, then they will understand. You've got clan stuff to do. Don't worry about it. Um, you've got hearth stuff to do. Don't worry about it. I get it. Um, but if it's like, I don't want to, yeah, that's your choice. You have the ability to do that, and you have free will. There you know, no one can say you have to do this, or you, you know, can't do this, or whatever. But it is going to negatively impact the interaction on some level. They're going to look at it and be like, well, I can't really rely on that person and so that negatively impacts refrain so and then then it boils down to well who deserves my my attention who how far am i willing to stretch myself because another misnomer or misguided ideal here is that you have to maintain strong refrain with everybody um no you can have some positive refrain with everybody you interact with but it doesn't mean that you have to be beholden to them. It doesn't mean that you have to commit to such a point that you are trying to build almost frith. Um, it's, it's not like that. Gefrain is more superficial. Um, but you can't overtax yourself with it. Uh, you, can, you can make yourself beholden to a number of individuals to such an extent that you don't have the time or capacity to keep up your end of the bargain and in the end, end up hurting Gefrain with everybody because you've overstretched yourself. This is true within the tribe as it is outside, you know. You're not going to have the same level of relationship and tie with everyone. And those people that have closer ties to you are going to be the ones more deserving of your time and your attention. Uh, they're going to have more Gefrain built with you than others. It's kind of a sliding scale. It's a continuum, as it were. Uh, you are where you are in the continuum in your proximity to me you know here here this is you in the center negative refrain over this way positive refrain over this way whatever and then the, there's going to be levels of it you know when you've got more positive refrain with these individuals they're more deserving of my attention and my time so if I come up with these people that I have some minor positive interactions with versus say tribesmen that need my help I'm going to go help my tribesmen because They deserve it more. They've earned more of it. Uh, They've put in the work. And so we have more invested there. Um, Their credit rating with me is higher. And so I'm more likely going to go with them because that's where I need to be. There's judgment calls to make. um, And like I've said, judgment is our responsibility. When it comes to it, you have to judge the people that you interact with. You have to judge where you risk your luck, where you put yourself out there, and how you respond to other individuals when they come calling and uh, want to mix their weird with yours because some people it's better to put walls up and not mix your weird with because they are toxic and you want to stay away from them or else they will poison your well So, hopefully that sheds some light on this particular subject if you're one of the number of people that asked this particular question feel free to buzz in in the comments or on the Facebook group and say hey uh, yes, you hit the mark or hey, could you expand a little bit more on this area or whatnot? And if you're just viewing it and haven't asked the question, do the same, let me know what you guys think. I am always willing to listen, do write in. Thank you guys for bearing with me on my crazy schedule these days. I know that it's been a little more erratic, doing more like every other week right now, um, working two jobs and trying to hold down the home for it and everything else. Time is not what it used to be. Uh, so, plus with all that, my time to apply creative juices to, you know, coming up with good quality content is not always there. And so in a lot of those cases where I've sat down, I'm like, I haven't had time to really pull anything together. I may have a few minutes to film, but I'd rather just say, hey guys, I'm gonna take this week off, than jump in there and put out crap. You know, it's not, that's not my style. I'd rather be like, all right, I'm gonna pull back and then I'm gonna come back the next week with something actually worth talking about or at least maybe semi-interesting. So feel free to write in, please. I like those comments. Um, I like to build off of viewer requests, and I'm excited every time they come in. So without that, um, without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Uh, I'm sweltering here, so I'm going to go up there and get some water. Uh, hail to you all. Thank you. And may your hearth fires burn bright. let's give this a shot, shall we? Oof, da, Man, Texas takes the summers, you know? We'll go from nice and cool and breezy and kind of wet outside to sweltering and muggy and nasty and, yeah, it's crazy. You guys aren't familiar with axis shift theory. There was, um, this is completely random, forgive me, but, right, anyway. Um, if you study the geological time scale, it seems like every so many millennia, the earth's axis as it twists and spins and the tectonic plates shift it changes kind of the center of gravity it's kind of like if you're spinning in a uh, office chair and you bring your arms in how you'll spin kind of tighter and if you let your arms out you'll spin slower because you're changing where the center of gravity is you're changing uh, all kinds of aspects that impact the spin of you on the chair uh, the same thing happens with the Earth when you shift the mass around on the surface and in the mantle of the Earth. And so whenever we have a lot of tectonic plate shifting, it shifts where the where the mass is centered on things. And so it can cause slight changes in the tilt of the Earth's axis as we spin around through space in our wild ride. Which is fascinating. I love it. I love this studying these kind of things. Well, the... General gist of the impact of that is that when you change kind of the tilt of things, it changes where the sun hits the Earth and heats the water, heats the air, so it changes weather patterns. And uh, the predictions based on the tilt change was that our, uh, Texas, our area, was going to become more of kind of a tropical climate, sort of a little, you know, a little more equator-ish. So we have milder winters, even though we do still, like we've had the snows, which we haven't had in a while, but our winters by and large have been way milder. Uh, Fewer sub-freezing days, um, just more average temperatures, and then our summers are the same way. And uh, we had a series of earthquakes over the last 15 years or so that have kind of tipped the scale on that, so I'd say within the last 10 years or so, we've kind of seen the effects of that. We had the the really strong erratic weather patterns when it first tipped over uh, lots of tornadoes, lots of uh, lots of violent storms all across the globe that would result from changing how the air and the water are heated and uh, now we're settling into kind of the weird new weather patterns so we haven't had like it's the middle of July and we haven't broken a hundred yet which for East Texas is completely alien. Uh, it used to be um, that we would hit drought in, like, end of May. Uh, we might get some rain into early June, but definitely by the beginning of June, we were into drought season. And we wouldn't see rain again until, oh, September, August. Um, and temperatures wouldn't start to drop or break until, like, November. So our summer ran from, like, May until November. And uh, now it's been far more normalized, far more leveled out and uh, so we're our summer days are averaging in the 90s and whatnot but our humidity is ridiculously high um, a lot higher than it used to be uh, i used to be about this time of day the humidity would level out at about 20 mm, percent or so by late afternoon and uh, these days it's staying up in the 60s and 70 percent humidity and just feels nasty muggy heavy and so that's kind of our future going forward <laughs> our weather patterns are probably going to stay closer to this for a while so it's going to it's going to shift some things i'd be interested to see how that affects the horticultural side of things because uh, that's going to definitely change the impact on plants and crops and whatnot so i'm kind of interested in that but anyway uh, dnd D&D is fantastic. D&D is awesome. I love D&D. Continuing to rock along, but we haven't had a session since our last one. Our last session, they did absolutely nothing but shop, and it was fantastic. But I told you guys all about that, so there's nothing really new there. I continue to do world building and stuff. Um, one of these days, I'm going to slap all this stuff together. And I might actually make a campaign setting out of it. I don't know. You know, Renothea by the Word Weaver. Um, it's all D&D 5th edition, but... It's my world. It's my, my factions, my people, my stories. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, that, that's a thing. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and jump into today's episode. Ready? And we're live in three, two, one. Let's jam.